Amen. How many are glad to be in God's house tonight? Amen. All right, uh, just remain standing. We're going to pray together. At, at the end of the teaching tonight, my dad's going to come forward, the Pope of Dream City. He's going to lead us uh, in a time of corporate prayer together for a lot of different things. So we'll be looking forward to that powerful time together here tonight. It's so great to look over and see my grandson, Joel, on the front row here tonight. And uh, raising him in the house of the Lord early on. So it's a wonderful, wonderful days. Oh, Ash, he is one proud dad. He said this morning in our staff meeting, he said that last night he was sitting with Joel in his lap watching the Phoenix Suns, and he thought they were going to get blown out by 20 points, but they won at the last second, and that was because of Joel, because of the breakthrough, the Suns. So, amen. So, Father, we love you. We thank you. There's such a great spirit of joy in this place tonight. And we know that when we come to the house of the Lord, there ought to be joy. There ought to be a, just a spirit of, of laughter and kind of a praise and just a shout in the place because we're just so excited about all you're doing in our life. And as we sang a moment ago, Lord, we believe in you. Jesus, we believe in you. You're the reason that we live. Very soon, all of our lives compared to eternity will be over. And we want it to be said that we were people who lived for you, that you're the reason that we live. And Jesus, we believe in you. Jesus, we're so proud of you. We're so proud to carry your name. We're so proud to represent you and how you feel about things that are going on in our world today. So it's a badge of honor, Lord, to be living our lives for you and representing you. I pro you prayed, Lord, in your prayer. You told us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, help us to use the information and the power from heaven to leave an imprint on this earth that represents you. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. You can be seated. I was reading over the holiday season that a former NFL football player named Mike Williams died from a rare form of bacterial sepsis. sepsis. He had a tooth that had decayed and because of the, the decay in the tooth, it created an infection uh, in the pocket of his gum, which spread to his brain. And that infection in his brain soon spread to the parts of his body. Ultimately, it shut down his lungs, and he died from tooth decay. I didn't know this, but tooth decay can be very, very serious. 66,000 Americans die every year as a result of tooth decay. But there's another kind of decay happening in America here today. It's called truth decay. Tooth decay is serious. Truth decay is more serious. And this decaying of truth in America today has led to the breakdown of our American culture. Infection has now spread throughout America today. And now we're seeing in America right now the death of truth. Truth no longer is, exists in our nation today among the elites of our nation. Let me ask you a question. What would you do with an unsure pilot who said to you when you walk on the airplane, I guess I'll just push this button? What would you do with an unsure doctor who pulled the scalpel out and said, I guess I'll just cut you over here? What would you do with a 
you know, an unsure pharmacist who say, oh, there's thousands of bottles of pills here. Just grab any one of them. You probably wouldn't fly on that airplane or trust that doctor or pharmacist because when it comes to your life, you want the truth. You want the whole truth and nothing but the truth. That's the title of our series, Nothing But the Truth. But today in America, and you see it all the time, we are experiencing now the death of truth. And the result is a completely confused culture. We're experiencing mental confusion in our land where people can't even think straight anymore. You know why? Because there's no ultimate truth to help them think straight. I often said if I wasn't in the ministry, I'd be a a secular psychiatrist. So I could charge people $250 an hour just to tell them why they should go back next week and pay me $250 more per hour. Because when you don't have a baseline of truth to deal with, then you can never come to the cure for the psyche. It just keeps going on and on and on. We see educational confusion as people right now are doodling with ideas. Timothy says in 2 Timothy 3 verse 7, they're always learning, but they're never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So they go to school, they go to college, they keep learning and collecting information, but they're never arriving at the truth. Paul says in Romans 1:22, claiming to be wise, they became fools. It's amazing how dumb the educated are becoming in America as they now stand at the tombstone of truth. Because where there's the death of truth, when you hang out in that cemetery, you become a fool, the Bible says, with a degree. There is scientific confusion. Today we're seeing secular scientists constantly changing their minds about what truth is because they keep learning new truth. So... Years ago, coffee was bad for you. Now they're saying coffee is good for you. All my life they told me butter was bad for me. Stay away from butter. Now they said last week that butter is actually pretty good for you. It has benefits to it. How many can say amen to that? That's, that's a good stat right there. When, when, the big, when the pandemic began, Dr. Fauci, he told us that masks don't help. But then political pressure came. and He says you got to wear masks. Totally changed his mind because the masks help, right? And then they said that, you know, we're going to come out with a, with, with, with a jab for you for COVID because it's going to keep you from getting COVID. And then it didn't keep you from getting COVID. They said it'll just lower the effects of COVID. See, here's the deal. Instead of posturing themselves as discoverers of truth, they pose themselves as determiners of truth, only to find themselves reversing the truth over and over and over again. There is entertainment confusion. If you listen to talk shows, you are listening to babble by the hour. As confused people try to instruct a confused crowd as to what the truth is. It's even worse on social media because now everybody has a platform because everybody has a phone. And so they feel free to share their plethora of ideas and opinions. So now you find yourself following and being followed and friending and being friended or unfriended because everyone today has their truth. And when everybody has their truth, what you have is the death of truth. There's spiritual confusion. We're seeing in America right now crickets in the pulpits. 
chirping noises in the pulpits of America without any clarity. We have a mega church pastor in Atlanta, Georgia, who now says that the Old Testament is not the inspired word of God. It's just fables. It's just stories. You really can't take it literal. It doesn't apply to your life. We have bubblegum preachers who want to be cool more than they want to speak the truth of the word of God. If, if you have a gospel that you never mentioned the word hell or heaven, then you don't have much of a gospel at all. You're leaving out the truth. And that's why we're doing this series for the next five weeks. Because the one thing that ought to mark a Christian and the church of Jesus Christ is that we are people of the truth. Come on, somebody. That we are people who live our lives and take the truth very seriously. I mean, isn't that what they say in a court of law? Will you speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? And then this interesting little tagline, so help you God. What does that even mean? It means... And we'll see at the end of this message that if you are not a person committed to the truth, you may be going to heaven because you confess Jesus Christ. But if you're not committed to the truth verbally and vocally in the world, God has no commitment to you to manifest his presence in your life unless you commit to being a person of the truth. Now, I want to be a person of the truth. Come on, say amen out there. So let's get into this. Jesus is standing before Pilate. And Pilate is quizzing him about his deity. Jesus says this in John chapter 18 and verse 36. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into this world is to testify to the Everyone on the side of listens to me. And then Pilate says to him, what is truth? He almost scoffs as he says it. What is truth? Pilate is an agnostic. He questions whether or not anyone can really know the truth. And a lot of people are that way today. You've met them in your school. You've met them at your office they don't know for sure if truth is knowable. And so Jesus says emphatically here, the reason I was born, the reason I came into this world is to testify to the truth. Everyone who's actually on the side of truth listens to me. So let's start by just talking about truth. Let's define truth. Uh, let's go to a baseball game. Suppose you have three umpires at a baseball game. Umpires called balls and strikes. The first umpire sees the pitch and says, I call it the way I see it. Okay, that's relativism. Since I see it this way, it must be reality, okay? Because that's the way that I see it. So if I see it differently tomorrow, I'll call it differently tomorrow because you're not going to box me in. I'm fluid. I'm changing all the time. I call it the way I see it. The second umpire sees the pitch and he says, well, I call it the way I want it to be. That's called postmodernism. I call it the way I want it to be because it's my truth. That's my truth. And the next person says, well, that's not my truth. I got a different truth. 
The next person says, well, that's not my truth. And that's the world we're living in today, friends. Everyone's making up their own personal, privatized truth. So you get people redefining themselves based on how they view themselves. And the names and the pronouns just keep coming all the time. Third umpire sees the pitch. He says, I call it like it is. I don't call it the way I see it. I don't call it the way I want it to be. I call it the way it is. Here is a definition of truth. I want to take a picture of this. Truth is an absolute standard by which reality is measured. Truth is an absolute, unmovable, objective standard by which reality is measured. And there's four very important things that all of us need to understand about truth, God's truth. Here's the first thing. You got to understand that truth actually exists. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So friends, look at me. There is really a thing called truth. This is not just, you know, some made up concept. Truth really does exist. There's a thing called truth. Secondly, truth is knowable. You can know it. Jesus says you will know the truth. So truth, this absolute standard by which reality is measured can be learned. It can be understood, discovered. Truth is knowable. Can you say amen to that? Third, truth sits outside of you. Truth transcends your emotions. In other words, how you feel about something doesn't make it true or untrue. A lot of people are trying to feel their way into truth. Let me illustrate. Last time I checked, one plus one equals two. Okay? Let's say that today I'm not feeling two-ish. Today I feel that one plus one equals three, and you can't tell me that I don't feel that way. I feel it all the way down to my gut and my gizzard that one plus one equals three. And if you try to tell me that I don't feel that way, then, boy, you're, you're some kind of bigot, okay? If you're in your right mind, you would say, Luke, you've lost your mind. Because regardless of how you feel, your feelings are wrong and your feelings need to adjust to the truth because one plus one equals two is an absolute, objective, mathematical standard by which reality is measured and life will not work if one plus one doesn't equal two. You can't fly in an airplane if one plus one equals three. You can't build a bridge if one plus one equals three. It's an absolute, objective, unchangeable standard by which reality is is measured today we got people walking around feeling who they are and they're abandoning an absolute standard by which reality is measured and look we, we're going to talk about how you got to communicate these things with love and, and, and sensitivity and compassion because people are confused out there and they really are feeling things that they think is the truth just because we do it with love and compassion does not mean that we negate telling the truth. So that's a problem in the public of America. For so long, we haven't talked about these things while the rest of the world is talking about them and our kids are hearing from all these crazy people out there and they're not hearing from pastors and preachers because they're afraid to speak the truth. Fourth, 
Truth is deeper than facts. Now, truth includes facts, but you can have facts and not know the truth. I'm gonna say it again. You can have facts and not know the truth. Uh, Suppose I have a headache and it is splitting. It's real. It's a feeling. I can feel it in my head. It's pounding. And so I go down to Walgreens and get some extra strength Tylenol. And I take that Tylenol and the headache goes away, but tomorrow it comes back with a vengeance. And it's worse this time. So I double down on the dosage and I I take more Tylenol and it goes away. But the next day it comes back with a vengeance and it is even worse. And so finally I go down to see the doctor and the doctor examines my head and he says, well, Luke, you have a brain tumor. I was treating a fact without knowing the truth because the fact is that my head is splitting. I have a headache. But the truth is, I have a tumor. So I was using medicine not designed to deal with the truth. I was using medicine to deal with the facts and the way I feel. So if you have facts the way you feel, but you don't know the truth, you cannot get to the resolution of the problem. And one of the problems today is our kids are going to school and they're getting educated with the facts. How you feel and what you're seeing. And, and you know, facts can be driven by the enemy. They can be driven by temptations and things of that matter. But they don't, they're not being told the truth. And that's why our kids are, are getting so confused these days. Because the facts are real. The feelings are real. They're feeling certain ways. They're confused. So they assume the feelings. If they're real, they must be the truth. Let me just say it this way. Truth must come from an originating source in order to be true. Not just because it's felt. Not just because you have feelings. And what is happening today is people are having certain feelings, but they don't want to know the truth. And so when you try to tell them the truth, even though they're feeling certain ways, what they do is they switch on you. They cancel you. They call you a bigot. They call you homophobic. When you're only sharing the truth. Like the man who went to the doctor one day and uh, the doctor gave him a prognosis that he did not like. And uh, he didn't like what the doctor said. So his friend said to him on the way home, he said, well, what are you going to do? He said, I'm changing doctors. (laughs) And that's what people do today. They keep bouncing around until they find someone, some pastor, some court authority to tell them what they want to hear. Because when they hear the truth, they feel differently. Pilate says, what is truth? Jesus is telling us tonight, look, truth exists. Truth is knowable. Truth sits outside of you and truth is deeper than facts. The fact you're feeling a certain way does not make it the truth. So here's the big question that you and I have to answer tonight. Why can't you be your own truth? Why can't you be the standard of your own truth. You hear this used a lot. It's my truth. What does that even mean? That's not my truth. You know, please don't ever say that. That's just dumb. Okay? I gotta share my truth. There's only one truth. And if you say I gotta share my truth, then you're, you're talking about a lie right there. Okay? Why can't you be the standard of your own truth? Well, I'm gonna give you a few reasons why you, can, you and I and anyone else you know can never be the standard of your own truth. First of all, because we are all sinful people. Our truth gets distorted by our own sin. 
That's why some of the things you thought were just awful two years ago, maybe today you don't feel they're so bad. You know, because this contaminated flesh has distorted the truth. Our sinful nature has distorted the truth. Second reason why you or I can never be our own truth or the standard of truth is because you and I, we are finite. We are limited by our humanity. Look, you and I, we don't know all things about all subjects, right? How many times have you said, oh, I didn't know that? You learn something new, right? Because you are finite, you are limited. And if you're, if you're finite, if you don't know all things, then you cannot be the standard of truth. And the reason why you and I can never be the standard of truth is because, is because of the schemes of the devil. You know, 1 Timothy 4 calls it the doctrine of demons. There is a, there is a school of demons. And the job of this school of demons is to disguise things and paint things and appeal to our flesh and try to make things appear to be true when they're not true. And there's not too many people here tonight who have not been duped by the devil a time or two in your life because he's not just a liar. He's the father of all liars. He's really good at it. And then fourth, the reason why you and I can never be the standard of our own truth is because of the secularization of culture. We are living in a world of lies. It's a liar's paradise. And this world will do everything in its power to trick you into believing a lie. So you or me or anyone else you know can never be the ultimate standard for truth because nobody here is sinless and nobody is infinite. The devil is a liar. Come on, somebody. And the culture is contaminated. And that's why Jesus said in John 18, I came into this world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. If you want an absolute truth, it must come from an absolute source. If you want a perfect truth, it must come from a perfect source. And there's only one absolute perfect source in the universe, and that is God. Everything else in this world is guesswork. It's only God. So, if you want to get rid of truth in America, how do you do that? Well, you got to get rid of God. If you want to get rid of truth, you got to get rid of God. That's why certain political movements and political parties try to eradicate or marginalize Christians so that they don't have to deal with God. Because in those systems, they want the government to be God. They want government to be the arbiter of truth. And that's why we're seeing an attack on Christianity today. The new speaker of the house is a wonderful, decent Christian man who's lived a wonderful life. And the moment he became the speaker of the house, the secular media, CNN, MSNBC, you know, all these networks, they begin to criticize this man of God because he believed in the absolute truth. And they criticize him over and over again. Because our faith, friends, is based in God. And that's a problem for the secularist. Because our faith calls for us to commit to an absolute standard of truth. Which, you know, which, which is true whether people do things or say things. Psalm 31.5 declares God is truth. Isaiah 65.16 calls him the God of truth. Hebrews 6.18 says it is impossible. Everybody say impossible. It's impossible for God to lie. And Romans 3.4, he really doubles down. He says, let God be true and let every man be a liar. 
Let God be true and let every man be a liar. What does that mean? That means that when you or me or anybody else disagrees with God, you're wrong. I'm wrong. That person is wrong because God is never wrong. God is not a liar. He cannot be wrong. There's nothing in his nature that is untrue. He can't, it's impossible for God to lie. You know, friends, when you know everything about everything, you can't be wrong. When you know past, present, and future, you can't be wrong. When you have made it all and you daily sustain it all and one day you will destroy it all, you cannot be wrong. Let God be true and let every man be a liar. There's only one source of ultimate truth and that's Almighty God. And he expects us to live by his truth. Jesus said in John 14 and verse 6, I am the way and the truth. Notice, not a truth. He says, I am the truth. I am the ultimate, unchangeable, objective standard by which reality is measured. You know, a couple thousand years ago, they used to teach that the earth was, was flat. So in schools, they would teach their kids that if you sail too far, you will fall off the edge of the earth because the earth is flat. Now, of course, the Bible says that the earth is round. Isaiah talks about the circle of the earth. So if they would have started with the Bible, they wouldn't be lying to all those kids in school all those years telling them that if you sail too far, you're gonna fall off the earth. What I'm saying is mankind is always catching up with God. But friends, we don't have to play catch up with God. We can start with what did God say about this? What did God mean when he said this about this? And what am I to do in life in light of what God has said in his word? Some of you parents, you have young people getting ready to go off to college. And this is what you need to tell your kids going off to college. You can be smarter than your teachers. If you will start out with an absolute standard of truth, then you can judge every word your teacher says by an absolute unchangeable standard of truth. You can tell if your teachers are lying to you or not. See, that is why the evolutionary hypothesis is being taught in school. Because with evolution, guess what? You can get rid of God. And if you can get rid of God, then there's no absolute truth. And you can be your own God. Right? You can make up your own rules. You can make up your own truth. Truth is whatever God says something is. Look, friends, I am so sick and tired of opinion opinion polls. I'm so sick of surveys. I'm so sick of what this group is saying and that group is saying. All that is secondary to what God has already spoken in his word. And my question and your question as Christians ought to be to every single issue is what has God already said in his word about this issue? Not what man has said, not what a political party has said. What has God said about this issue? And if you will do that on the front end and not the back end, you'll save yourself a lot of trouble and heartache in life. An airplane needs a control tower. Why? Because... It can't see everything. All you got is a little windshield in the cockpit. You can't see all the clouds. You can't see the lightning strikes. You can't see other airplanes. So it needs something outside of itself to help it navigate the way, to to let it know where it's going. Friends, look at me. You and I, we need a guide tower. 
a control tower to guide us through the things that are trying to distract us in life. We need a bigger picture because our world is set up to try to trick us. I heard the story of a man who came home one day and he had 20 big fish. And he said, honey, I caught all these fish. She said, really? You caught all 20 of those massive fish? He said, yeah, I caught them all. And she said, now, really, you caught all those fish? He said, I promise you before the Lord, I caught all these fish. She said, before the Lord Almighty, did you catch all these fish? She, he said, yeah, I went down to the butcher. I said, throw them to me, and I caught all of them and put them in my cart. Now look, was it a fact that he caught all the fish? Yes. Was it the truth? No. And what the world does is it tells you it catches fish while hiding the truth, the original source for all this. Truth must have an original source in order to be perfect truth. So here's a big question. We're almost done that all of us here today who are serious about following Jesus, and if you're here tonight, it means you have a certain hunger level for the Lord and you're seeking truth. I'm so glad you're here. But this is the question you have to answer in life. What will be the standard of my determining the truth? Will it be your feelings that change? Will it be your intellect that is finite? Will it be your moral instincts that differ because you may think some things are moral that I don't think are moral. You have, may have a completely different moral code than I have. So what's going to be the standard of truth? Well, if you go to London, anybody here ever been to London, England? Okay. When you go to London, you see all these business guys walking around in three-piece suits. They're prim and proper. And when they're walking down the streets, um, you, you'll see one of them reach in their pocket and grab a pocket watch. And they'll, they'll look at it. And then they'll pick their head up and they'll, they'll look up in the air and they'll put their head back down and they'll pick their head up again and look up in the air and look back down. What are they looking at? They're looking at big men. They're looking at big men, right? Because big Ben has the accurate truth. Uh, if what they see on their watch is different than what big Ben says, they don't climb the tower and change big Ben. They changed their watch to match up with what the accurate truth really is. Friends, God is Big Ben. And when it comes to our lives and our decisions, he wants us to look to him first and then to ask ourselves, how was I raised? Or what is the professor saying to me? Or, you know, what has mama said to me? Or what do I think? Or what is culture saying? Don't tell Big Ben to change his time. Let's change our time. Let's adjust to him. And not ask God to adjust to us. It's time for those of us here today who call ourselves by the name of Jesus Christ. If we really call Jesus the Lord and the Savior and the King of our lives. It's time for all of us to return to the truth. To not apologize for being people who stand on the truth. And again, we're going to talk about in this series, how do we do that with love and compassion? Because people really are hurting. And we live in a confused 
nation today. And a lot of these people have no idea where the confusion comes from. They're not our enemies. We need to pray for them and, and lead them into the truth. But we, we don't do that by placating them and by not telling them what the truth is. You can always tell if a person is of the truth. You know why? You know how? Because they want to know what God says. I'm going to say it again. You can always tell a person is of the truth because they want to know what God says. And you can always tell if a person is not of the truth because they don't want to know what God says. That's a telltale sign. Do they reject it or do they welcome it? Doesn't mean you're going to like everything God says. There's a lot of hard things that God tells us to do sometimes. That's not the question. The question is not, is it hard? The question is, is it true? If it's true, I want to follow it. I want to welcome it into my life. So my challenge as my dad comes right now and prepares is for all of us who call this Dream City Church our family. Here's the challenge. That we all make a decision tonight. And listen carefully. That we are going to leave, leave an imprint of our lives on this earth. An imprint of truth by the way we live our lives. Jesus said, we are to pray, my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, what does that mean? That means that we are supposed to be asking for God's truth and God's power to flow through our lives so that we can leave a reflection of God and truth on this earth during our time on this earth. We're supposed to make an imprint in the lives of those that we associate with. Because we are people of the truth. It does not matter what the culture is saying. It does not matter what they say about this and that, the identity of a man and a woman and all these things. What matters is what did God say? And the Bible's called us to be salt and light in this world. And salt sometimes is an irritant. It's also a preserver. And God's called us to leave an imprint to preserve the truth in this world. And what we're going to learn in this series is if you really want God's involvement in your life, then you will make a commitment to be a person of the truth because God cannot fellowship with lies. So tonight, what do you say? Let's all make a new, fresh commitment to God. We're going to be people of the truth. Whether we like it or not, we're going to be people of the truth. One last example. In the early 1900s, a ship was motoring down a waterway on a foggy evening. And there was a light in front of them that was, it appeared there was going to be a collision. And so the captain sent a message to this oncoming light. Go three degrees north or we will collide. The voice came back. No, you go three degrees south so we won't collide. The captain got irritated. He said, I want you to go three degrees north or we will collide and there will be death. Boys came back. No, you go three degrees south to avoid death. The captain came back on and said, I am a captain in the United States Navy and I command you to go three degrees north. The voice said, absolutely not. I am the lighthouse and I do not move. 
friends, let's all stop negotiating with God because he don't move. Come on, somebody. We must be people of the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help us, God. Come on, let's all stand to our feet tonight. Next week, I hope you all will commit to being here for all five weeks of this series because next week I'm gonna talk about beach ball truth. What happens when in your life and my life when we, when we suppress the truth over and over again, what it does to our soul and what it does to a nation when they suppress the truth. The Bible says over time, if you keep doing that, become an enemy of God. And next weekend, I think you're gonna walk out of this place with a very clear understanding of what is happening in our culture today and why we need to be the people of the truth. Do you all receive this message here tonight? Amen. Love you all. Dad, take it away.